0: Hello everyone, in this podcast we are talking with Coach Brian Chambers of Big Ben Strength and Conditioning. Big Ben Strength and Conditioning is located in Tallahassee, Florida, and was founded by Coach Brian Chambers. Uh, it was a pleasure to speak with him discussing Olympic weightlifting, mental health, obviously COVID-19 and how it's affected their business, and how they were able to continue to work with their athletes. we we'll hope you enjoy it. Here's Brian.
1: Hey, what's, what's going, going on? What's going on, man? Um, not much. I don't know why it's having me join as uh, Adrian Capeless and not uh, my I, I, actual I account. But, was. I was you like, know?
0: Adrian. Mm, what else do we have going on? um (laughs) well listen i appreciate you uh taking time out to hang out with us for a little bit during this insane time um listen I like your coffee uh a bit i'm a coffee fanatic um so your coffee and thoughts uh are pretty cool um
1: Oh, yeah. I haven't done that in a while. I might need to get I, back into that a little I'd
0: bit. I'd like to hop in with it. I mean, I think, it's, I think it's awesome. It's kind of one of those things like maybe I should start that because I'm, I always have coffee. I literally have coffee with me right now.
1: Yeah, I cut but didn't have time to finish it, so I am coffee with <laughs> right now.
0: Um, so, Big uh, – is it Big Bend, correct? Big Bend. How are you yes. guys doing – right now and have you been able to work
1: at all um you know surprisingly we are actually doing very well um we we had a platform set up online to do online coaching um before you know before we were forced Mm -hmm. to close uh so it wasn't too bad of a transition um so we're actually doing pretty good. I'm able to do online coaching with all of our athletes. Um we're do- mixing and matching a couple different ways to do that. Some people are on just programming. Uh some people are hopping on uh Zoom calls with us and then some people are doing uh one-on-one coaching as well via Zoom or FaceTime. You sounds like
0: the rest of the world. Um but it's almost like, man, if we, if you didn't have that online platform prior to this collapsing, if you will, it's almost like, well, all right, we have zoom, but it's not as, it's not, I mean, sometimes it's not as effective. Um, so you, you're falling kind of in the line of, I think a lot of other coaches. Um, your Instagram is, is clean. Um, I, I love the, it's like the same repetitive type of background it's this is the direct message to whatever your whatever it is of the day um so it's very clean i i, I like it a lot and i like and i like the facility Thank you. uh i think you guys came up with a, a very simple um and unique way to say well this is the deadlift platform um, and this is the turf you're going to do like change of direction here and then you have this is how you're going to get stronger let's pick
1: something up <laughs> yeah we were um yeah. With the facility, when we first got it, it was, a. Uh, um, un- immediately I knew that we were not going to have room to do a lot of things. So I had to figure out what are the ways that we can make the most out of 1200 square feet. Um, and you know, bars and barbells and platforms are not really super, super, uh, space conservative, right. but you know, we've got a weightlifting team. We're not going to, we're not going to not have platforms. Um, And then this turf area, man, you can get so much done on the turf and you don't need to do change of direction stuff. We're, I mean, we're on there with sleds and sandbags just about every single day. And, um, you know, it's where we get a lot of the rest of the work that's not barbell stuff done. Nice.
0: All right. So for everyone that kind of is going to like listen along, um, just take two seconds and introduce yourself and a little bit of a background on yourself.
1: Sure. Uh, so my name is Brian Chambers. I own big Ben strength and conditioning. Um, we are essentially a youth weightlifting and strength and conditioning gym. Um, our primary focus is on the weightlifting team. Um, and so through that we are working with, uh, whether it's with athletes who want to get better at their sport, uh, we're still going to spend a lot of time doing weightlifting with them. Um, uh, let's see. That, that is the majority of it. We actually just started this new service that I'm very excited about. We partnered up with a uh, mental health counselor to provide uh, a combination of fitness and mental health um, program, right? So they are coming in to go see, uh, go see Adrian um, once a week and then they're also getting included in that. Uh, they're getting five days a week of uh, strength training. That's exciting news. Um,
0: how? Where did that thought come about to say we need some? We need mental health, or we need some type of
1: mental um, approach to what we do. Well, mental health has always been a big, a big factor in any of the training that I do. I, I, I feel like one of my biggest. Um, frustrations with the performance world has always been uh, I think a little bit too much sacrifice of mental health for the sport Um, and that can come in so many different ways but that was always one of my biggest frustrations with it so I knew that that was something that was going to get involved in some level I just didn't know what it would be like but happenstance uh, I started doing some personal training with a CrossFit coach in town, uh, for weightlifting. And she is also a clinical social worker. Okay. We kind of just got to talking and that was something that she was really interested in was providing, um, a, a holistic approach. And a lot of people say that they provide a holistic approach, but really they're able to just kind of be in contact once a week with their therapy sessions. We wanted to do something a little bit different, a little bit more hands on, something that has accountability so that it can actually make lasting effects on um, on these teens' lives. Nice. Um,
0: So as a as in, in weightlifting being the primary sport and you may you may see mental toughness a little bit differently than I do. But I see mental toughness sometimes as being able to do the small things and consistently do those small things, not always having being pushed, we'll just take an old stigma of like a football coach, um, where it's we're gonna do these down and backs of these three hundred yard bear crawls um, and don't stop. Can't put your knee. Whatever the I'm giving some crazy, but that's not always that's physical endurance and physical toughness. Not always a mental endurance or mental toughness. Do you see? Do you feel like that's kind of along the same lines of? what you're saying is like, we don't always have to dig, dig, dig. There's, there's gotta be a side to knowing that if I do the small things, that's the mental toughness part that plays a part. Right. Right.
1: Well, and I think that's kind of the difference between this topic that I'm really interested in now is uh, motivation versus discipline. Mm. And I think, I think a lot of people think of mental toughness as having a high level of motivation. Whereas to me, mental toughness is having, having the motivation to create discipline. And so even on the days where, especially right now, where you're training at home, you're training alone, uh, you more than likely don't have a lot of motivation to get things done. But the mentally tough ones aren't the ones that have more motivation. They're the ones that are going to do the work regardless of their level of motivation. And that's what discipline is.
0: That's uh, a huge, huge point. And I would agree that the discipline factor, uh, I don't know if you follow the Jocko,
1: um i do i do i almost i, you almost <laughs> I want- follow jocko but a little bit sarcastically I. you almost want to unfollow him <laughs> yeah. i want to make a i want to make a
0: mock jocko account i it's like it post a watch of it being like 9 30 in the morning like every day like it's yeah like, yeah yeah something foolish but yeah jocko was oh. jocko's account mocko
1: willing oh <laughs> perfect <Dude. laughs>
0: I think that you're hitting it dead on for sure. Um, So with how, what age are you guys starting at in, in your approach, right? I'm sure that's gotta be a question that you get from parents or youth athletes. When is it safe for my kids to lift? Is it, is this a safe thing? I I always have to put that to bed very early on.
1: Well, so that's a good question. We, as far as safe to lift is a little bit different than who we are who our like target client is. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the big, one of the big things I'm not a huge fan of is having wide variety of ages in the gym. So I, like, I don't necessarily want to have a nine year old lifting with 17 uh, year olds. Mm-hmm. It's just, I, I feel like the environment is a little bit strange. Uh, so our main age range is going to be between the ages of 14 and 17 so those
0: high school athletes, the the athletes are getting ready to go into high school um, and make that transition into, now are those athletes going to the high school to specifically weightlift or is it just part of the weightlifting team and you have various high schools around
1: um, around the area? Great question. So most of, most of the youth clients that we get um, are people who compete in Florida Florida weightlifting okay. who are interested in either improving their technique for the season or um, are interested in competing in weightlifting outside of the high school setting. So a lot of people in the high school weightlifting setting don't know that weightlifting is a national sport um, and that it can be competed all the way up to the level of the Olympics. Um, as uh, because of that, the, well, the, the big difference is Florida weightlifting is bench press and clean and jerk instead of snatch and clean and jerk. Correct. Yeah. So so a lot of them just don't know that USA weightlifting even exists. I, so that's what I that's what I find is a big part of our our client base.
0: I I had heard that the state of Florida was looking at converting it to snatch.
1: Um, um, I don't know
0: if that's going to happen or not.
1: The last I'd heard, it was going to be a supplemental um, optional lift. So that would, that would look like you would do bench press uh, and then you would have the option to do snatch. And if nobody took up on that option, then they would move on to clean and jerks.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So it could, it could potentially extend the event, uh, right. the duration of the event. So yeah. I, I don't know how, but how do you score that, right? A snatch versus a clean and jerk yeah they're they all have the both components they have the triple extension the overhead movement comport you know compartment but how do you score the level of difficulty if you're a judge and you're like, all right, this kid decided to do a a, a clean and this one decided mm-hmm. to do a snatch how do you how would you score them as far as level oh, of okay difficulty?
1: so i I don't know how they would do that in the setting that they're providing. it would probably be something along the lines of um you would, you would compare the totals of people who competed in bench press and clean and jerk together, okay. and then the total of the person who competed in bench press, snatch, and clean and jerk together. Gotcha. But not, not, not all of those people ranking in the same thing. Or they may just not record a total from the snatch for the overall division. It, it, it could go a couple different ways, but I don't really see them putting that into play within the next year at all.
0: Well, I'm, I'm glad I actually have you on because Olympic weightlifting is, is something that we don't emphasize as a whole. Right. Now, we do have components to um, programs where we may program a clean uh, orchard or just depends on the demographic who we're working with. But for, for you to be like, this is specifically what we do. Um, it gives I like talking to not I. The not the opposition, but the other side of the aisle to see how your perspective is on shoulder injuries, hip injuries, low back injuries. And when you see those, is it purely a mechanical uh flaw? Is it a muscular uh flaw, or is it just technical? What is your input on how injuries in let's just I mean, we'll say CrossFit, but um we'll just stick to Olympic weightlifting. Uh how they stack up against your traditional strength and conditioning program.
1: Mhm. Um okay, so to clarify, is this uh how so are are we asking the re- the risk to reward benefit of weightlifting for sport athletes?
0: Um not necessarily the risk to reward for just sport athletes, but let's say you're working with that 14-year-old um uh-huh. Doing really well, but starting to get a naggy shoulder um, Mm -hmm. or a a hip issue. Um, How are you addressing those, and how is that programming look along the way? Is it great? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's kind of more. Okay, okay, I gotcha. So the so a big part of our training is not just weightlifting, right? We'll have we'll have competitive seasons, um, just like any other program is going to progress up to being more specific, the closer you get to your competition. Um, We also uh, have off seasons that are programmed in the training. Um, And in that time, our big focus is creating hypertrophy in the areas that aren't um, in the areas that aren't worked in our competitive season. So I found most injuries seem to come from either overuse um, or uh, muscular imbalances or deficiencies or weaknesses. Nice. How, are, how do you guys, what's,
0: um, if you know, you're speaking to the masses and you're saying this is how we keep our athletes healthy and successful, regardless mm-hmm. if you're 14 or 17 or even in your 20s, um, is there a specific way that you assess or is there a specific way that you decide what movement is going to be better for
1: this athlete first? Sure. Um, well, and it depends on, it depends on the level of the athlete as they come in. Um, the foundation of it all need is based around the idea that we need to have a balanced program. And so we can look at a few different things from that and make it simple and say, well, weightlifters, they snatch, they clean and jerk. That means they move a lot of, they move up and down, but they're not typically doing a whole lot of horizontal pressing or pulling. Um, and they're also probably not doing a whole lot of hamstring work, right? Because they're so, uh, it's a lot more squat than hinge. Right. Um, so we want to create a program that balances horizontal pulling, horizontal pressing, um, a little bit more hinge work. And then the other big thing that I find most people don't do is unilateral work and carries. So yeah, we can stay balanced with that, really. I, I think
0: that carries are highly underrated. <laughs> um, yeah uh I, during corn like during this time i think i do more carries um just because of either limited equipment or limited time or space mm-hmm. carries carries have been way more functional um for me than necessarily just doing a uh, a deadlift right um that's my favorite training tools, the deadlift, a a huge deadlift proponents, whether it's trap bar. And again, we have, we have a process into that where the athlete fits in. Um, Where do you guys fall along into your philosophy of long-term athletic development? Do you get with athletes to say, I only want to play this one sport or do you have athletes that want to play multiple, multiple sports, multiple seasons, Mm. um, how do you guys have any of that or is it more of strictly weightlifting? Like this is the primary weightlifting teams.
1: Yeah. I, the, the primary, primary thing is the weightlifting team. Um, so almost all of our weightlifters don't compete in any other sport besides weightlifting. We have a few that do, um, like one of them does roller derby and one of them does, uh, uh, and she also does wrestling, um, roller derby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. Um, Uh, But for the most part, they do weightlifting. So, you know, for me, for me, it's a tough one because weightlifting is a little bit easier of a sport to start and focus on than, say, like just doing soccer for, um, you know, from the ages of nine up or just doing baseball from the ages of nine up. Weightlifting is a little bit easier to to help the athlete become a little bit more balanced. Um, because there's so many different things that encompass weightlifting, whether that's it doesn't have to be just the, the competitive lifts things that or the, the snatch and the clean and jerk. Right. We have all the things that go into a well-balanced strength program. Um, creating seasons for it as well helps a lot. Uh, so, you know, in weightlifting, there's not really a season. But for youth athletes, we really just need them to kind of like peak right around the summer, which is when youth nationals is. And then we can Mm -hmm. have an off-season after that.
0: Nice. How many kids are going to, like, how, I mean, I know it gets really big. I know that the event has thousands of kids um, participating. But is it, have you found it to where the sport is growing? Or do you find there's a stagnant piece and it's kind of, like, falling off a little bit? For youth sports, I I see a decline. I've, I've seen a huge decline.
1: Yeah, I, I think for youth sports it's a huge decline. I think for weightlifting, weightlifting is the biggest that it's ever been and it's gonna continue to grow. It's it's really incredible. Do you think that's because of CrossFit a 100%. little? Or do you okay, okay, okay. A hundred percent,
0: yeah. I just i you would never hear about weightlifting as a sport mm-hmm. just by itself until I think CrossFit has that they definitely popularized it for sure, right? I oh, they yeah. think they've they brought it to the forefront to say, but it's more to it than just Olympic lifts. CrossFit is X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. um, but the Olympic lifts are the probably one of the main components of that. But then now you've separated and kind of stepped out of CrossFit into just Olympic weightlifting, um, and still to this day, universities, um, professional sports teams, they. Uh, they still use these lifts. Mm-hmm. How you guys are located in Tallahassee. Sure. Uh, has it been
1: a ghost town in Tallahassee being a college town? Um, it, Tallahassee is an interesting city. It's very, very spread out. So certain parts of Tallahassee are a ghost town for sure. Like right, right around the college side of town is very much a ghost town, but the rest of it, I haven't noticed too much of a difference. Got it, it. it
0: how has this affected you personally? Or do you feel like this is just, uh, let's get this quickly and move on? Or do you feel like this was an actual threat?
1: Um, Yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel like it's definitely an actual threat. Uh, it's just, what are you going to do about it? You know? So personally, I didn't, I knew that we were going to have to close down at some point. I decided to close my gym down the week before they actually told us to. Um. Just, I, I didn't feel comfortable having a whole bunch, a wide variety of people, especially we had some, some clients that were in their seventies that would come in. And so I was just like, ah, we're not going to risk it. Um, so we shut it down. Uh, I did feel like it was going to be a big threat, especially because we're such a small gym. Um, but, you know, moving into our first month uh, where we actually were still able to maintain all of our memberships was huge. And I was like, okay, maybe we can do something with this. And then the second month was where it really was like I I don't want to just survive this I want to come out of this on top So we are um, we moved into providing a whole slew of online services so that's online coaching we have our online open gym membership which is um, providing some accountability services and then personal training which okay. you know is the highest level of accountability services i
0: i think this is a a time that has taught us to be as creative as possible that's that's my Um, favorite part
1: about all this is i i've just like i've had to step my own game up and it's great yeah
0: you and it's yes we've had i think that either i think it plays on two sides either you've doubled down on your education your research your coaching cues or you got really depressed and you kind of just fell off and it it was it's easily it would be easy to fall off and Mm -hmm. say i don't know what to do um because this the path is very unclear it's very uncertain and but it took the point where if you're on a zoom call it's definitely taught me um and my takeaway was the coaching cues had and the communication oh, had yeah. to be so much more effective uh, mm-hmm. because you're not in person. You can't demonstrate, you can't touch them. So, how are you able to get them to move the way that you want them to move, um, have fun? And that's the other piece of this is, you know, having fun to everything. But the coaching cues for me, the verbal communication was my biggest takeaway. The creativity. I think I've always been there, but I I don't like broadcasting it because I've always said, well, I don't want to be a quote unquote YouTube trainer. And I'm sure that at some point you felt mm-hmm. the same way. But at some point you you have to step out of your comfort zone and say, well, if you just have a towel, yeah, here's yep. your exercises. If you just right. have a broomstick, here's your exercises. And you never would have thought that that would be something that you would put onto your Instagram or to send out to your members or program into a athlete's, uh, you know, off-season program. How creative have you guys had to really get and how much has it changed you as a coach? So when you come back and you reopen, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but how are you guys, how are you as a coach going to, are you changing some things or did you find that you're going to,
1: uh, kind of coaching the same direction. Sure. Oh man. There's so many treat. different things here. So, um, a, a big, yeah, no, you're good. Yeah sorry. A part that. of that was, was <laughs> definitely, I had to level up my coaching. Um, but I also, uh, I also had to level it up in a way that made the athletes a little bit more responsible. So I realized that as I was in the gym, I was probably over queuing a lot. And so, or over coaching, right? Providing feedback for every single lift all the time. And when you do that, you, you take away the athlete's ability to learn for themselves. So this zoom coaching has been a great way to help develop that with our athletes where um, I'm not going to be able to see 90% of the things that I would if I was in person, which means that a lot of my coaching has to turn into how did that lift feel? Which is a big question to ask, you know, 16 year olds who are learning how to weightlift. But it's definitely like that first week of that was tough. But after that, it definitely accelerated their learning rate because then they can start to feel like, oh, I didn't quite get the bar all the way up into my hips, or I wasn't keeping my lats tight enough right off the ground. Um, So many different things where we're helping them create more self awareness, which is going to transfer over to. Um, When we do get back into the gym, that means that I can have more athletes in the room lifting without necessarily needing my help. And it also sets those athletes up if 10 years down the road they want to get into coaching, they can help coach as well.
0: So you're create it helped you create the culture a little bit from Mm -hmm. a a little bit more. Right. The over coaching part, I can. I definitely understand. I think a few years ago, I was in that boat where I would be every single step of the way. Mm-hmm. All right, I need you to fix this foot, turn this toe, bend this soft in the knees, whatever. Now, it's probably if we're in sets of six to 10, if we're in the high sets, I'm not coaching, right. but maybe three of those. Um, and it's But it has, it has challenged those athletes a lot more because at some point, they want that involvement, but they also don't want to
1: be. be Well, and that's, and that's the, that's the exact same thing is if you do it for them all the time, they're going to learn that this is what that is, that that this is what coaching is. So, you know, maybe as they go through this whole thing in high school and then they graduate and move to college and they're doing weightlifting under another coach, they're going to, they're going to need that from that coach because I haven't set them up for success. So that's not really something I want to do one to that, athlete or that coach. Um, yeah, that, that has been a big one. The other really interesting part was the, the creativity with the workouts. Um, I, it took me a few weeks to, to kind of get into the groove on this, but knowing that, um, most people don't have equipment or if they do, they have maybe one dumbbell, right? That means that, were limited to just bodyweight movements. I also knew that every single person in the coaching industry right now is doing the same workouts, which is, you know, Russian twists with a flower sack, uh, j- jumping air squats and jumping lunges. <laughs> and and they're effectively doing uh-huh. one thing, which is making people tired for 20 minutes or so and providing no real purpose yeah. or progression to their workouts. And so that was something I knew yeah exactly it was something i knew i i did not want to do was these workouts need to have purpose and progression just like if they were training in the gym and they were getting ready for a competition so we're going to go through and find two upper body movements and two lower body movements that these athletes suck at right and we're going to put them on a progression to get better at those no matter what the movement is no matter what their equipment availability is so a very simple way to look at that is Bulgarian split squats most people can't do single leg RDLs most people can't do well um, so we're gonna provide a progression whether that's you know week one is three sets of six then week two is three sets of eight and then week three is three sets of ten and just increasing their work capacity or maybe we'll add a tempo to it right so we'll we'll say this week we're gonna do three seconds on the way down next week we'll do five and the week after we'll do six and so we're still increasing their ability to do the movement, Right. We're still creating awareness of the muscles that they need to for the movement. And um, we're getting them better in some form or fashion where they can see the progress from week to week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, Which is fantastic because you were talking about progress and one of the and being creative. You know that a lot of athletes didn't have stuff at home. We knew that our athletes. Um, you know, we primarily work with soccer players, baseball players, basketball players, but a lot of a lot of that and what the season would have entailed, we, we need a lot of stability, and they don't have access to our balance pads. They don't have access to the. Uh, so how do how we we just had them throw two pillows down on the ground uh, for some stability when we started progressing into like unbalanced work, and especially in the single like it would be throw, throw some pillows down. How funny it is that a pillow for some of these kids is daunting. They hate it because it took so much effort and focus um, that you didn't need to get a bag of flour and do 3000 Russian twists and, you know, whatever else you were to do with your milk jugs. Um, but, but I do think at some point you got, you got creative. Um, I saw kettlebell swings with cocaine nice. tanks. <laughs> I saw that. That was, that was creative as hell. I was like, oh, my God, how creative that's is that? That's a great one. It has, like, the perfect handles. Damn, I, I should have tried that one, but I didn't. Um, but, yeah, man, I think that's – how are you guys planning on, like, what is your phase to reopen? I mean, we're, today is May 15th. And Floridians have been going berserk on trying to get gyms to reopen and trying to get the, the state to reopen the gyms. Well, what do you
1: guys, uh, we're what supposed are you to saying? hear something today from DeSantis. Um, I don't know if you saw that, but we should have a, okay. Yeah. So we should have phase two announced well, yeah, sometime yeah. today. Um, which does include gyms in some form or fashion. Uh, but we're going to have to wait to see what those what those you know, restrictions are going to look like. So a lot of it is just playing things by ear. Um, I do think, I, I think what's going to happen is stuff will start to reopen. And then I think that there's going to be a spike again in the number of cases. And I predict having to be shut down again. Um, so, you know, we are preparing for September best case scenario of opening up. Um, but if they say that we can open up on Monday, we'll, we'll do the best that we can with the restrictions that, and guidelines that they provide us. Um, make sure everything's staying clean. Make sure that we're keeping people a good distance away. We're going to have to limit the amount of people that we can have in the gym at one time for sure. Cause we're a very small space. Um, you know, just wait, we we got to wait and see what the guidelines are going to be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, we're, we're in the same, same category same boat and um we're we're based in jacksonville so we're a few hours away um towards the east i mean the beaches when when they announced the beaches would open it was insane to see how many people went out um at once and people want to get out and they want to go exercise but i also feel like parents want to get their kids out in get them out of the house. They're going stir crazy or they're driving their parents crazy. But I do agree with you. It may have a secondary, uh, swing and upswing in cases where they may just either go back to limiting. Yeah. Uh, or they may shut us down again. Um, even some of our huge sports partners that we work with, they, they're, they're anticipating the same thing, which is not a good sign. Um, And we hope that's not the case. We hope that we can have a sense of normalcy, but we also have a sense of, this is the new normal. These hand sanitizing Mm -hmm. stations have to be everywhere. Um, you know, equipment is wiped down after everyone purchase of our, you know, purchase of Lysol has gone up obviously drastically. You wish you already had stock in Lysol, um, or hand, or whatever hand sanitizer that you've made. Um, I, I can't foresee it being uh, that we, I, I want to say that we, if there is a spike that they're going to say, okay, here's the guidelines, yeah. but you can stay open. I'm hoping that that would be the case. Like we've learned our, maybe we've learned our lesson. Maybe uh, shutting down was not, shutting down too late was the the, the bad thing to do. I th- honestly think that we should have shut if we're going to, Two weeks at the very beginning, three weeks, try to knock this out and then get back to a routine. Um, right. Taking yeah. 90 I'm, days. I'm hoping
1: hoping for the best that everything goes okay and we can open up and there's no issues with the spike, but uh, just have to be prepared for, prepared for whatever is going to happen. And uh, a lot of it is just understanding what I have control over and what I don't have control over and just acting on that.
0: Yeah. Well, listen, man, enough about COVID because it, I sometimes I think it's also over. I don't want to over talk as well, man. I think I just want to talk about shit that we
1: like. Oh, man. Coffee. Okay. So What's we have a coffee, coffee shop here in town called Paper Fox Coffee. Um, shout out to Paper Fox. Shout uh, out to Paper Fox. Uh, Fox. They are a multi roaster, so they have a whole bunch of different uh, coffees from all over. I think all over Florida, but all over the country, too. Um, and there's one, I think it's in Jacksonville, bold bean. Yes. Oh my God. They have this, they have this yeah. coffee, uh, a Colombian coffee that is so good, man. I've had, I've had that. I would say probably every day for the past month. Oh boy. That's a big. Fan. That, that sounds
0: amazing. Uh, we have, have you, have you heard of, or, I guess the next time that you're in Jacksonville, I'm gonna—I'll take you to this place called Urban Bean, and Urban Bean is a nice little coffee shop. Uh, shout out to Urban Bean—they um, are ridiculous. The, a lot of their pastries, uh, a lot of their coffees, they actually have imported from—I think it's Brooklyn, Brooklyn or Queens, New York. Actually, probably now is not the time to get any of that stuff. But um, their coffee is. Really good. I drink my
1: coffee. Uh, no, I, I, I do, do black almost all the, the time, room. unless I'm just need some calories in, and then I'll have like a latte or something like that.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. But they have this amazing espresso. Their espresso is, amazing. Uh, I'm not a, I, I, we have espresso here. Uh, I do it on the stove. I got one for my birthday just a few weeks ago and I think I've already burnt that one out. Um, it's just been. <laughs> I just love coffee, and now it's. I think coffee and beards maybe your thing throwing the, well. beard, yeah. oh, you the beard. Yeah. Oh man, I don't remember what my face
1: looks like without it, so I can't. I can't really cut this thing off.
0: Yeah, I have no hair. Like my, I'm completely bald as hell. Um, and it, it's, you know, I have that colder sack. If I let it grow, it looks like a colder sack. Uh, but I had a beard. Um, a few years ago, and I actually regret. Shaving it down, uh, the amount of work, man, you gotta put it it in. It definitely is, yeah. That was one
1: of the things that I, I uh, chuckled. If, if, if you had seen this pandemic coming, you should invest in uh, beard trimmers because all the hair, are gonna go out of business. So I went to go buy one and uh, they everywhere was sold out.
0: Yeah, um, we try to do the same thing, uh, for my son. Is just get like like some hair clippers, yeah. just something. Good, good yeah, luck. Good luck. Um, especially in a college town, man. Like like Tallahassee, uh, there's what, three, two major universities? You have Florida mm-hmm. State and yeah. FAMU. Is there uh, another TCC. university that I'm forgetting over there? TCC. Shut up. Okay, my bad, TCC. Sorry, guys. Um, yep. So you have three universities, and I'm sure that there's guys and girls in there that are. Barbers and beauticians on the side hustle, and just oh, probably probably killing it right now.
1: I don't know. All right, so good hold on. That. It uh, says that <laughs> gyms could open on Monday. Not sure what capacity it is, but gyms open on Monday. Awesome.
0: Green light. That's a listen, man. Sharing the news while doing this is uh, you, you guys get uh, live on a recording. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You heard it first, right here. Jim's open on Monday, the eighteenth. Uh, it's going to look like January one, um, or it's going to try to look like that. But we'll see. I think. Do you think there's going to be hesitation for those like that have the traditional Planet Fitness, Ellie Fitness? Uh, membership, do you think like there's going to be some hesitation from that population? I think there's going to be hesitation with everybody. I think
1: it's, I think it's much more likely that that person is probably not going to go back to the gym right away just because they're usually, usually their level of dedication to the gym is nowhere near as high as, as our clients who are training for something, you know? How, so now that you've been at
0: home a lot, how is the, I mean, is the cooking game going up? Are you guys cooking Are you guys cooking way more, or do you feel like you're still trying to support the small business and eat out to one or two places? Well, that definitely that first month, you guys month was going, going out
1: to eat a lot more. That's for sure. Just trying to support a few businesses, but, um, uh, I have started cooking a lot more at home and I am loving it. Like I, this has been so great for, for my, at least my cooking ability because one of the big things I've, (laughs) I've been working on, uh, is just increasing the quality of food that I eat, whether that's like, especially in the ingredients. So dishing out a little bit more for the meat, dishing out a little bit more for the veggies. Um, and, and really seeing if there's a difference between quantity of food versus quality of food for my health, um, and for performance and all that. And I just feel so much better dishing out a little bit more money and that i need less of it which is really interesting
0: i'm i'm actually glad that you said that because sometimes the the quantity um is not always needed and that kind of that kind of goes by and i don't want to say, oh man there is
1: nothing off with that calories in calories out it doesn't I could probably go into that a, a really in-depth, but I, I'm almost nervous to talk about nutrition publicly. <laughs> I, I'm more comfortable talking about <laughs> right now, politics maybe. and religion <laughs> publicly than nutrition. <laughs> yeah.
0: Because you're going to get murdered. <laughs> You'll get slaughtered if you decided to talk about nutrition right now. Um, all the nutritionists are going to come out, all the dietitians will come out and mm-hmm. say how wrong you are yeah. in. Oh, boy, the can of worms that you would open. Um, I'll say, I I listen, calories in, calories out. Um, I think there's a a few different perceptions. Uh, Calories, when you're having someone track their calories, I think what you're trying to do is create behavior. And to say, this is, if you're eating one meal that contained 3000 calories, or you had six small meals or five, whatever, uh, that had 3000 calories. How did you feel versus the two? Um, you were obviously way more conscious on eating better with the, uh, smaller meals, um, versus the one Mm -hmm. big thick meal, uh, from fast food. That's not nutritionist dense. Let me make that. Let me and the reason why I want to clarify the, the 3,000 and 3,000 uh, was because my understanding and the research that we've, that we've done, it does not matter if you eat once a day in, or six times a day. At the end of the day, when you lay your head on the pillow, I think that's what matters. Um, if Did you get the nutrition in? That's when you're going to make your metabolic changes, not necessarily during the day. Uh, but again, I could be wrong, and I'm not a dietician. I don't have a PhD in cellular food, I you know, but I do understand nutrition. Um, How do you guys proceed? Well, I'm not going to say, I don't want to put you on the spot because you can get in depth in it, but that's, that's our point of view is to say, listen, choose, choose better quality nutrition. Mm -hmm. dense Well, you know,
1: personally, it depends on, depends on who I'm teaching this to, you know, some people, I like, I am just trying to get them to eat something. So like, I, you know, some, especially students are the worst about this because a lot of it, they don't feel like they have control over their nutrition. Yes. But um, yeah. Or, yeah, or time, I um, that was like with time one out. of them, I'm just like, okay, all I can control is that you need to pack a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or two to bring with you to training so that you can eat it right when you get here that way you have something going on. Cause she would like, she would like start to black out as she would stand up cleans. I'm like, no, nah, we're not going to move around with that. You need food in you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> re- so yeah, yeah, there is, those are definitely the spectrums, right? The, the the kids who do not eat to the kids who overeat. Yeah. And then obviously everybody that falls in the middle. Um, but yeah, I think from the nutrition side of things, uh, it's, um, yeah, I don't want to get roasted or burnt, but it's the same. I think it's the same thing. And then uh, we ref- we we refer out um, to some some holistic uh, individuals, but I and I say holistic meaning that they they're not part mm-hmm. of the Medicaid or Medicare system. Um, they're either a cash practice that that focuses on uh, deficiencies uh, through blood work panels and blah blah blah. So that's why I. I, would, I don't have that capability anyways and I don't want to spend my time looking at someone's right. uh, you know, T3, T4 and blah, I don't have that time. Um, but I appreciate it and, and there's plenty of different inputs and there's what the, mm-hmm. there's more than one way to skin a cat um, saying as well. So I think that it's, it, is, it needs to be individualized and it, the same mm-hmm. thing for coaching, it's individualized. If we just keep, if we keep Throwing these programs out to parents because they see that, oh, did you see that speed trainer? Did you see that ladder and how fast he, he's going to teach my kid to be as fast? Unfortunately, it, there's a little yeah. bit of translation, but not a whole lot.
1: Um, <laughs> you know, I don't want to get started. Oh, on that. Your That's kid doesn't need a speed me. ladder. He needs hamstrings. <laughs> oh, it's the, that. <laughs> <laughs> there's Yeah, I think,
0: (laughs) yeah, uh, there's a lot of people that need hamstrings, um, but I think that there's the balance. I mean, yes, ladders are fun. Maybe we incorporate some ladder work for some coordination and some timing or some rhythm. Um, I think that's a a piece of the ladder that some people aren't looking, or, you know, the parents aren't going to look at, or the athletes are not going to understand that it can, it can help with rhythm. It can help with coordination because of these blocks that you need to, I visually see, uh, but parents aren't going to understand right. the difference between agility and change of direction and uh, what makes them different. Change of direction, isn't that agility? Mm-mm. No, it's different, um, but ask the guy that you hired for this this the agility ladder. Um, he'll let you know what the difference is. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, sarcasm at its finest, I guess, man. Um, but no, man, I think uh, conversation was was fantastic uh i enjoy having you on let's let's wrap this up but i, I wanna again i want to say that i wish you guys absolutely the best i wish you well um i hope that you guys come back and you guys come out on top in Tallahassee and um you guys succeed i don't I don't know what else to say I mean I, I want every coach and every small gym to to flourish out of this and I know that's not gonna be the case for some Um, I know these, I know some big gyms aren't going to come back the same way. Um, but I definitely wish you guys well, uh, tell everybody how they can, they can find you, um, on your social media and sure.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks uh, for having me on uh, as well. Um, so, you guys can find us on, we're on just about every social media platform there is. We've got Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Big Bend Strength and Conditioning. Uh, our TikTok and Twitter is at Big Bend Strength. And then, last but not least, our website is www.bigbendsc.com. Uh, and that's where you can find out, um, you can check out our blog articles. We've got hundreds of those. Uh, look into the services that we offer, check out our online coaching um, and just uh, and reach out to us as well through there. So uh, thank you for having me on, man.
0: No, no, no. Like I said, I appreciate it, man. Um, I almost for like a split second, I looked down. <laughs> I was like, all right, thank you, Adrian. And So shout out to Adrian. um, And she was your. uh, Yes. Yeah. She's your. uh, Shout out uh, to Adrian.
1: Uh, Oh yeah. Check out, check out her Uh, website as well. We're growing that her social media. uh, Talk lift. Heel is her website. So that's www.talkliftheel.com. And then Instagram is at talk lift. Heel and Facebook is TLH strong.
0: Okay. So at talk lift. Heel. And what oh was the paper coffee fox coffee,
1: coffee.
0: coffee At paper fox coffee all right and we're going to give them a shout out to you all right guys it, yeah, uh, thanks for having me on Coach I appreciate your time Thank you chambers all right friends that's it. I appreciate Brian for coming on and. Uh, discussing Olympic weightlifting, we had a a, a good time, chit-chatted about a bunch of different things. So to Brian and Big Ben Strength and Conditioning out in Tallahassee, we appreciate you guys and what you guys are doing for the industry. All right, that's it. Take care, everyone.